Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote unquote summer body as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do especially during the summer months when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong Course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury free and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the Strong Course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever. Head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts, I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Well, happy January and welcome back to the All Bodies on Bikes podcast. Long time no talk, Maggie. I know, right? It's like a whole year. (laughs) The whole new year. I was told they're not supposed to say happy new year after January 7th. But I call BS on that because it's yeah. still like in the big scheme of things. So happy new year. Happy new year to you. I think that's the thing. Like take a, take a scan. Have you already seen that person? You know? Yeah. Maybe not wish them one, but yeah, we haven't seen each other. So happy new year. Happy new year. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, let's jump right into it um, because okay. today's conversation is something that I honestly haven't thought about a whole lot, um, but I'm starting to um, as I get older and I'm really excited to dig in and learn um, and just bring you a topic that we literally have never covered on the show. Um, 
And that is all about menopause um, and all the things that go along with it. So today our guest is actually another feisty podcast host. Last week we had Christy Moan. This week we have Celine Yeager. Um, and let me read her bio. Um, Celine Yeager is the host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast, content manager at Feisty Menopause, and a best-selling professional health and fitness writer, including the co-author of Roar and Next Level with Dr. Sasty Sims. She lives what she writes as an NASM certified personal trainer, PN1 certified nutrition coach, and lover of all two-wheeled exploits and adventures. Welcome to the show, Celine. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Um, before we get into it, what is NASM? National Academy of Sports Medicine. Oh, okay. So like legitimate. Yeah, yeah no, legit. Oh, well, yeah. I, that sounds awful. I'd no, it, it doesn't because living. people have gotten like their cat certified and their dog, you know, I mean, there's many things that you can just, you know, mail in and get a certificate. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So this is like one of legitimate. the better ones. <laughs> you know what you're doing. You've gotten your nutrition. Um, and honestly, you're like, you've made a name for yourself as the go-to expert in women's health and performance, specifically as it relates to menopause. Um, can you tell us a little bit about why this topic is so important to you? Um, because I went through it. <laughs> You know, like, that's, yeah. I mean, very, very seriously, um, it can, as I discovered, honestly, very firsthand, it can knock women off their game right when they are like really hitting their stride, like right at a time when they're like coming into their own, like it can really take people out. And until very recently, nobody outside of like magazines like Prevention, you know, back in the day, were really talking about it. Um, nobody talked about perimenopause, which again, low prevention talked about 20 years ago, I know because I was writing for them. Um, but you know, even now that the, that it is out there and you're seeing much more of it in the mainstream, most of the, the conversation and the advice is still centered around women who are sedentary. And it's, mm. it's a different, it's different for women who are, you know, active or athletic or lining up for events. It's just, they need different messaging. They need different, uh, care and, and it was just crickets. I was really surprised. I mean, even three years ago, that even now, there's not a ton, you know, geared yeah. towards active women. It's so wild because, you know, people who menstruate women, um, folks who are going to go through menopause are half the population. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just another example of like, oh, yeah, we just don't have information on this or the science hasn't been done. Um, so, yeah. 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 Well, thank Welcome you for bringing <laughs> <laughs> thank you for bringing light to this. Um, but you. I guess before we dig in too deep, um, can we back up a little bit and just yep. broad strokes? What is menopause? What is perimenopause? Yep. Very easy. Me. Those are very easy. Um, let's start with perimenopause. It's often being called as the menopause transition now, which I like better because it's just like a clearer term. You know, so at some point you stop producing as many eggs, the ovaries start shutting down the reproductive factory. And when that happens, your hormones, estrogen and progesterone start, you know, they've done this rhythmic menstrual cycle dance forever. And then they hit this period where the factory starts shutting down and everything goes haywire. That's like kind of the best way to put it. All of a sudden the hormones are like a Jason Pollock painting splashed on the wall. They could be doing anything. And then that period can last, it can last up to 10 years or longer in some women. Wow. It, which is really important to know. Um, on average, it says five to seven years, but like most people I talk to are in that longer period where they start mm. noticing stuff. And then menopause is honestly one point in time when you've been without a period for one full year, you are considered 
happy birthday. That's your menopause day. And then everything after that is postmenopause. And that's not to say that everything settles down because things still are a little wacky usually, but some things do really start settling down for women at that point. Okay. Interesting. Um, is there a specific age when perimenopause starts or does it where very That's a widely? Very good question. Very question. Um, there's a huge range for this, right? Like the average age for menopause itself is 51 or 52. Perimenopause, generally, the average age starts at 45, but it's not unheard of it for it to start at like 30, you know, late 30s. Yeah. Um, you know, usually it's the mid 40s where that begins to start. But I just had a woman on the show this week who has done research in what she's calling the late reproductive period, which is that period you're talking about, like, before you even notice that your cycles are starting to change, you know, getting a little shorter, getting a little heavier, whatever, some symptoms start cropping up. And those can, you know, and that's a problem because a lot of women will go to their doctors and be like, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. And they're like, well, you're still getting regular periods. So that can't be that. And that's really not true. Like that late reproductive period, she did the study that found like a lot of the symptoms, which we'll talk about, you know, like the mood symptoms and all that can start in that before perimenopausal period. And they look a lot like the symptoms that a lot of women don't expect until they're 50. Fascinating. Um, Cause I am right in that, in that phase. I'm 37, almost 38. And, you know, a lot of my friends are in this age bracket, a little bit older. And so I'm starting to hear about it, but I'm curious, you know, for somebody in the late reproductive age or, you know, forties mm-hmm. and fifties, what kinds of things should we be on the lookout for? And is it do, like, we didn't, do we need to write things down and then go to our doctor? Like, is it a problem? It can be. No, you know, like really the the best thing to do, I mean, because we're all pretty in touch with ourselves. So so you know when something is not typical for you, right? You know when something's a little amiss. And I think, you know, I've gotten some feedback from women like, oh, they're now they're like, I don't want to scare anybody. And people get like really nervous. And that's not really the point of educating yourself about this. Like I was waking up before and I knew nothing either. I knew nothing, nothing, nothing except like no more periods and hot flashes and maybe some waking. You know the stuff that everybody talks about. But I was waking up at like two or three in the morning every night with sheer panic, like mm-hmm. feeling like the world was crashing down around me, talking myself down. And then I started waking up with like like a Palm Springs sprinkler system, like literally projectile sweating, panicking. And I'm just like, what is happening to me? And if you like, if I. Once you know, it, you you feel better even if that is still happening. Like once I knew that was hormonal, I was like, okay, you know, I'm not coming mm-hmm. undone. I'm not losing my mind. This is not, it's like, I can, I can deal with this. And then you can take like, you know, steps to address it, whether it be therapies or whatever. But even just knowing what it is, is really helpful. You know, so women can get, I'll just list like broad brush symptoms. I mean, they can get joint pain out of nowhere, like muscle and joint pain. Mood disorders are really common. Lock, lack of motivation. Like a lot, I talk to a lot of triathletes who they're super hot, high performing, very motivated. And like one day sort of out of nowhere, their mojo just goes and they're not into it anymore. Mm. You know, you hear a lot of this kind of stuff. And that's because like there are estrogen receptors on nearly every cell of your body. And it it affects like your serotonin system, your cortisol, your insulin, like it, it affects every system in your body. So when those hormones start doing that crazy dance that I was talking about, it impacts honestly everything before yeah. you even notice that your that your periods might be off. Like I didn't track my periods like I didn't I wouldn't notice a few days here or there, you know. 
That makes so much sense. Um, and I think I'm going to start paying attention a little more because some of these things you're saying, I'm like, oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. And who knows? Like, I, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wish I had known the anxiety piece because I, you know, it was, it was very unnerving. Yeah. And you mentioned the, the mood disorders. Is it, does it typically, does it trend towards anxiety or depression or is it like both? Okay. And it, does it have anything to do with like what you are already working with mentally? <laughs> That's a great, interesting question because, um, women who do have a history of some of those mood disorders are, they, they think that, and that makes sense, right? That's, they seem to be more at a high risk for those, but a lot of women get anxiety. Fear on a mountain bike. Like, you know, I mean, I raced around the world on my mountain bike and I would be on a downhill in my backyard trails that I'd done a million times and freeze and have to walk it mm. like out of nowhere because yeah. yeah, you know, estrogen works with fear extinction, so it's just like so interesting, right? Again, like knowing this stuff really, really does matter. But um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, like... to, to answer your question even further, though, please ad adverse childhood experiences, past trauma, all of that stuff is very highly correlated with a, a harder menopause experience. Oh, goody. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> just something to know. I mean, because. I mean, the shit that's happened in the past sort of can come back up in a harder way because I think it's just because you don't have the defenses to keep shoving it down, you know, as your hormones. It's, you know, it's a good time to work through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think awareness is the first step of like, this isn't just in my head. There could be something else going on here. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I have another question. Sorry. Going back to the age um stuff is there any trends across like racial or ethnic yes. ethnicities yes because um, i know like um, puberty another... like hits different populations differently sorry I totally yep. interrupted you oh no not at all um another really good question because yes uh black women tend to go through the transition earlier and have worse symptoms and you know the research suggests unsurprisingly that that is because of stress and weathering you know society cultural weathering um that they because the stress piece is huge. Yeah. 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 And that's a whole nother topic that. Yes. Yeah. I, it just makes my heart hurt to think about the the stress that black women in our country go through. Yeah. Um, well, um, I'd love to shift it a little bit to talk about sport and menopause. Sure. Um, so we talked about a little bit at the beginning. I want to talk about you real briefly. So you, um, you've been, you've done mountain bike racing, correct me if I'm wrong, triathlon, all sorts of endurance oh, yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. Gravel. Do you, any, do you have any favorites? Yeah, you know, I mean, mount, I'm I will always be a mountain bike racer at heart or, okay. or rider. You know, I don't I I put down the racing of my mountain bike a few years ago, started gravel racing just because I had done everything I wanted to do. I was a stage racer for a bunch of years, but like I if you if you made me choose one bike, it would be that one. You know, with with gravel my bike being a very close second. Um and now I've gotten into bike packing, which I really enjoy quite a bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I still like the long stuff. I did a, I did Kona, and that cured me of triathlon for many, many years. And then I did, um, I I finally like literally fifteen years later did a half last year, a seventy point three, and it was only because it finished on the fifty yard line of Beaver Stadium. I went to Penn State, and I was like, wow, that's rad. You got to yeah. run through the tunnel onto the onto the, you know, nobody can ever go on Penn State, you know, turf. But we were allowed. They it was cool. We were on the jumbotron. That's yeah. super cool. And I guess worth running a half or a half Ironman. 
Uh, almost the running yeah. part almost almost, <laughs> almost. <laughs> it's funny i'm signed up for a duathlon at the beginning of february um but it's a team duathlon so i technically am only doing the bike part but there definitely is some curiosity peaked in me um anyway back to the topic at hand um so you mentioned you know kind of that fear factor kicking in um with the estrogen uh, level changes, but how does menopause affect women's participation in sports, um, both, you know, at the recreational level and professionally? You know, there's no, uh, there's no studies per se that I could find that make the direct correlations, but you do see quite a drop off when in the fifties, you know, and, and I can't help but to think that based on anecdotally, what I've heard from women, um, that it can, definitely make women leave the starting lines mm -hmm. uh recreationally and you know and professionally though like we're seeing women go into their 50s now especially in the longer stuff you know mel mcquay just made history as being the first person male or female to qualify as a pro and compete in world championship which was very rad so cool and you've got yeah you've got women in their 50s winning outright race across america you know like really a lot of very cool stuff but, you know, when you think about all of the things going on, I mean, muscle loss is huge. And, mm. and I should have mentioned that, like, research shows that women can lose 10% of their muscle during the perimenopausal period alone. Wow. Which is wow. big. Yes. And your power, that's what, that was the thing that finally made me go like, okay. I mean, I just felt like somebody unplugged me, you know? And mm. I was just like, this is what is happening. Like this, I had, I had power just not that long ago, <laughs> you know, and it felt like, so it, it can happen quite suddenly. And if you look at graphs at hormones, you can see why. Like all of a sudden they just go boom, like mm. sort of like right off a cliff. So, I mean, that, yeah, I've heard from, and that's actually the the great part of doing this podcast. And what I've done is I hear from women every single week that they are just thanking me. I, I Sometimes I meet women and they start crying. Like they thought they were done. They thought that there was nothing they could do. And then they find help, you know, in the form of either hormone therapy or other therapies, changing how you train, you know, lifting heavier, like, because you have to sort of pick up where those hormones are leaving off, right? And that's what Next Level is all about. That's what the um, the podcast is all about is like how to help your physiology as it's changing. And there's there's lots of stuff you can do. But I hear from women all the time that are just like, they're so grateful. And it's it I, I feel like it's the most important work of my life, honestly. I love that. I actually had a locker room conversation the other day with two women who were talking about menopause and I recommended them to your podcast because they were oh, just saying you. like, we feel like we have no information or like nobody's talking about this. And they were high level uh, triathletes. Um, and so yeah. you're you're doing good work. And I think your podcast and we should we'll talk about that and we'll include a link to it but it's called hit play not pause yep. um and then you mentioned a book next next level next is that level. a book with yep. dr stacy sims is that right yep. and yep. if you're watching this on youtube she's holding <laughs> it up right there um yeah so yeah really really cool i'm gonna let maggie jump in here hi maggie I'm gonna, oh hey how's it going <laughs> all right i get caught up in listening and forget to say words um, you mentioned, you mentioned the muscle, muscle loss. What are, what are some of the other like physical symptoms that, that athletes, female athletes, especially tend to go through? Well, there's muscle loss. And then there's also, you know, um, the body composition just shifts, right? So that you, you gain more, you often gain more visceral fat, you lose muscle and your, you know, hot flashes whenever like Google menopause women images, and you'll see 12,000 women with fans, right? They're all mm -hmm. like, so many fans because your thermal regulation, your hypothalamus gets a little haywire too. And 
you know, that does more than hot flashes and night sweats. It can make it harder to manage your temperature during Mm-hmm. during things you know during an event i i had uh mag de boulet who's a ultra runner on the show and she just struggled so much with that because she was running leadville and she's like there weren't enough layers to sort of figure out how to like she's like i'm hot i'm cold i'm sweating i'm freezing them so it like yeah. that can definitely cause you know some some issues and the you know the 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 vaginal changes are not something to be dismissed either because the you know, the, the vulva and the vag- vagina can become drier and thinner, which causes pain. Mm. Like you talk about pain in a bike seat, it can cause pain. And it also that those t- changes in those tissues can open the door on um, urinary incontinence. With a stress incontinence, I've talked to women who have just like they've started wetting themselves. The very good news with that is that um, hormone therapy like vaginal estrogen is super safe for pretty much everybody and it takes care of a lot of that so that's cool like my my plug yeah people can argue about hormone therapy all day long nobody really argues argues about that interesting is it ever and maybe this is way too nitty-gritty and such a personal question never never Uh, really (laughs) my show is he's just the stuff we talk about but anyway i love it no it's it needs to be talked about but um you know with the and I, I'm coming at this from like an endurance cycling perspective. Are the changes significant enough that, you know, folks are changing the cycling short and chamois that they're yes. using or changing their bike seat? Like it is that significant. Yeah. I have a whole show coming up on vaginas for that. Just for that. Yes. Be, because, it, you know, it is like, the you know, the padding that you have, your natural padding mm-hmm. can get less, you know, less padded. Yeah. You know, and it changes your relationship with that chamois and that saddle. So, uh, yeah, it definitely can. Fascinating. Um, well, I guess on that same note, you know, um, are there any specific sports or types of movement that are better or worse for folks going through menopause? Resistance training is non-negotiable. I mean, just mm-hmm. because of that loss of the the muscle, it's just so important. And bone. Um, menopause is kind of a black diamond skid uh, for bone loss, like 20% of the bone loss that women face can happen that five to seven years around menopause is big. Wow. And that's, there's a, there's a big genetic component to that. So if osteoporosis runs in your family, I highly recommend people getting a bone density scan around the time of menopause, just to make sure, because uh, hormone therapy is FDA approved to prevent osteoporosis. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. And it it can really, really help. I mean, there's a, there's a big heritable component to osteoporosis and and you'll know it if it runs in your family but that is something to really pay attention to so i you know resistance training resistance training resistance training just becomes more important it helps with the bone with the muscle it helps you become more durable because mm-hmm. injuries can rise at this time too you know your connective tissues estrogen and progesterone also help with like the laxity and the tension in your connective tissues so you see people showing up with more injuries and resistance training also helps with that. And mobility work. You know, I, I tell people everybody should be doing more mobility work too. And realistically, people at every age should be doing resistance training. Yeah, you and just can't get away with it. And, yeah. <laughs> That's really it. Yeah, we're, we're meant to lift heavy things and move our bodies in a, in a way yeah. that feels good, but definitely meant to move our bodies. Yes. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So I guess, you know, on that exact same note, um, is there any research to suggest that, you know, exercise or moving your body can help alleviate symptoms? Like, is does that, does it work that way at all? 
It does. Um, it goes back to that stress piece. You know, I mean, the whole stress component is stress definitely exacerbates all of the symptoms, you know, and especially when you talk, it's harder to manage cortisol. So if you're always sort of in that fight or flight, you know, sympathetic sort of state, every, you know, there's more hot flashes, your mood, your sleep gets disturbed, sleep disturbances are big. So anything you can do to sort of like bring that stress down and exercise is often a very good way to relieve your stress. Whether or not it does anything, you know, meaningful for hot flashes is debatable, but I've seen research go both ways, but 100% it can help with all that other stuff. Yeah. And that makes sense, again, just from a, for an every person perspective, yes. <laughs> um, when I'm in a bad mood, convincing myself to work out or just go yeah. for a walk. Like, I don't know. I think it's the perpetual battle that we all face. Yeah. But then you get out there and it's like, why did I have to fight to get out here in the first place? I feel so much better than I did when I started. So much better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, clearly, Celine, there's like so much to learn about and research and scientific stuff um, to learn about on this topic. Um, I would love to hear about the work that you're doing. And um, I hear you've got like a course in the works. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that and who it might be appropriate for and who might be interested? Sure can. So yeah, I mean, again, I have the podcast, which is Hit Play, Not Pause. We've been um, on air since 2020. So we're going in our fourth year, which is nice, unbelievable to me, you know. And and <laughs> so obviously I've spent, I, I do weekly newsletters and blogs. I've interviewed hundreds at this point of women. And, you know, we wanted to put together a way to navigate all this information. So the course is actually called Navigate Menopause. And it covers everything from how did we get so lost? Like, why don't I, I often wanted to call the show? Like, why didn't I know this? Like, why we didn't know this? Like where, you know, the history of blocking up menopausal women, but also just like, all, you know, really helping women navigate the all all of it, the, the, the symptoms that they might be experiencing, why they're experiencing them, what to do about it you know, how to adjust their training, their programming, their nutrition, like sort of soup to nuts of helping them chart their own personal course through this journey. So that'll be on the sale on the 22nd. And it's a, it's an online is like a self-guided yes. course. Okay. Oh, there's cohort, those cohorts. So um, we'll open it up and get however many hundreds of people and then close it when we're full. And then we go through it. It's, it's a cohort based thing. So we have the lovely Linda Rowan taking people through it, which is great. You know, she's such a good teacher and such a good instructor. So I'm really psyched that they brought her on. Nice. And I imagine folks find community and they find support in knowing that there's so many other folks who are navigating this. The sharing part is amazing. You know, we had a couple of in-person menopause retreats down in Florida and it's, they're just magical. I mean, it's really cool because a lot of women Marley feel alone. That's what I hear Mm. over and over and over again. Like they just, they have a hard time finding their community. You know, a lot of people are not active, you know, and and sometimes they just feel like they're the only ones going through this. And they, it, you know, even when they I've heard women just stop riding with their usual groups because they just feel like they're just not able to keep up and they're struggling. So the community is everything. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And so this course, um, it releases on the 20th, you said? It goes for sale on the 22nd and then it'll go live in February. And where can folks find more information about it? 
at feistymenopause.com and I can give you a link for that. Perfect. And we will have a link in the show notes. Definitely go yeah. check that out. Um, it sounds like it'll be super beneficial, whether you're an elite level athlete listening to our podcast, which I hope there's some of you out there, <laughs> or just everyday folks um, navigating this course of life that we're all going through. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, obviously you said you went through menopause. You went through this. Um, is there like, you know, one or two nuggets that you want to share with people? Um, yeah, I do. Um, you know, one of the reasons that I really was inspired to, to get involved in this community and start this, uh, you know, especially feisty menopause and hip play not pause is I wanted a more positive place for women to go because there's so much negativity you know i mean it's a sea of negativity like i said if you, if you google the images it all looks like hell and i'm just like okay there, it is challenging but it's also such a it's a real empowering time of life you know you 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 really step into yourself in a way that um i haven't in any other time of my life you know it, mm -hmm. it's it really is a time of what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? You just sort of like, you know, take the husk off of like all the stuff that doesn't matter. You give so less fucks. It's just such a better, there's a lot to be gained. It's a very empowering transition. Well, the way you say that makes me almost excited for it. Also, <laughs> I hate my period uh, as somebody oh, who doesn't plan amen. to have children. Oh my God, just... like so over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I it... don't miss that one bit. <laughs> It has been the bane of my existence since I was 11 years old. And man, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, not me. I love mine. Oh, Every, well, yeah, gee. <laughs> just in case, just in case anyone was wondering. Lucky. My goal in 2024 is to lie more to my friends. <laughs> Starting right now, talking about your period. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Celine, we have two questions we like to ask everybody at the end of our episodes. Okay. Uh, and the first one is, what would your perfect day outside look like? Oh, that's an easy one. Um, I would head to the lake with my mountain bike or gravel bike and paddle boards, go yes. for a long ride, pick up some lunch along the way, come back, blow up the boards, eat lunch, and then just go paddle boarding around while I look at birds. And then if it's a really nice day, come home and start a fire in the backyard and hang out in the backyard in the evening that Same. sounds incredible <laughs> that's that's that, yeah yeah we're we're deep in winter right now in arkansas we got mm. like an inch yeah, of snow today and it's gonna be like negative next week and just being on a lake on a paddleboard sounds lovely it sounds yeah. perfect yep yeah <laughs> yeah and then the other thing we like to know is especially since you are such a like a an expert on a topic um, what is something else that you wish you got to talk about more that more people would ask you about? This was such a funny question because, you know, I'm very public and I, because for people who don't know, I also wrote for bicycling for like 27 years. So I you know, I had a blog there. I'm very public. So a lot of times I'm like, I like to keep the introvert Celine private. So that, you know, when I first saw this question that you shared with me ahead of time, I was like, I don't wish they'd ask me anything. <laughs> As that a public a figure, fair. I also understand that. <laughs> right, I figured answer. you would. But like, I am, um, I'm a bird nerd. So I am happy to talk about birds. Amazing, <laughs> like, okay. All, all day when, you know, you don't want to 
when when we're done talking about all the other things, like we can talk about that. some sharp shanghawks or whatever. <laughs> I spent um an hour outside of work last Friday with my camera getting just 600 pictures of uh, Pied Build and Grebe. Oh, I will see. Yep. So I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, well, Celine, this has been eye-opening. It has been informative. Yes. Um, and I hope that readers or readers, maybe you're reading this. I hope that <laughs> listeners um, leave with like a sense of empowerment and just, yeah, I mean, me more too. than anything, where to get more information. So um, we'll say it one more time. Um, Celine's podcast is Hit Play Not Pause. There's Sounds like a four-year catalog of back episodes to go back Lots and listen to. Um, and I've listened to quite a few of them, and they are incredible, um, very well-researched, and uh, just so much good information there. And then the um, – say the name of the course one more time. Navigate Menopause. Navigate Menopause comes out on the 22nd, and you can find out more information at feistymenopause.com. And we'll have yep. links to all of that in the show notes. Um, thank you so much, Celine. Thank you for having me. Thanks You're for welcome. the work you guys do, too. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. And thanks for being a good ally. You bet. This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening. Are you tired of getting caught in the rain with poorly fitting, flimsy rainwear? Well, let me introduce you to Cleverhood, makers of thoughtfully designed, durable, and size-inclusive rainwear. Cleverhood is designed by women, but is made for everyone who wants to embrace the elements and enjoy the ride, no matter the weather. Cleverhood was born out of the need to make rainy days into happy days, and with multiple choices of styles and sizes, all bodies can stay dry, visible, and happy. Maggie and I especially love their rain cape. Literally the only thing you need to fit is the head hole. Otherwise, it just fits. It's so cute and functional, and I feel like a superhero when I ride my bike in it. All of Cleverhood's designs have reflective elements thoughtfully integrated, including an option to customize it with the All Bodies on Bikes logo. They're also sustainable, with most of their fabrics made from recycled fibers and PFC-free DWRs. Social sustainability matters to Cleverhood too, who, and they only work with certified producers who follow la- labor and environmental standards, and they give nearly 5% of their profits back to community organizations, including All Bodies on Bikes. So whether you're commuting on a dreary morning, walking your dog in the rain, or waiting for the bus, Cleverhood is a great option. And remember, you can use the code ALLWEATHER for 15% off of your order.